the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them 401-392-1025. Petro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, petro.com. It is Monday. It is a foggy, kind of cloudy Monday. Hope everyone had a very nice weekend and a nice Father's Day weekend. The weather was absolutely perfect. You know, it's, it's amazing when um, you have to step back and say, is government working for people? And with stories that, you know, it's there, it's a problem. How many businesses? I'm just looking at a, a story that appeared in the Providence Journal. It's bad. Thousands still unemployed in Rhode Island, yet worker shortage persists. As much as I think this is one of those examples that, you know, they try to say, well, you know, it's this, it's that. It's um, the reason why people are unsure about going back into the workplace and people don't feel safe. But no, when when President Biden, when they decided to pay people on top of their unemployment an extra 300 a week, so that's an extra 1200 a month, plus they're getting unemployment on top of that. When they decided to do that, a lot of people said, I'm going to take the summer off. And I I can't even say, I mean, for those that are doing it, think what a unique experience that is, a chance to relax, get paid not to work. When you pay people not to work, they're not going to work. Now, a problem, Governor McKee could have said we're not going to go along with that. They decided not to. Now, a number of states said, no, we're going to have people get back in the workforce. But folks, mark my words. Come August, there will start to be a movement and a push of people that say, I'm still not ready to go back to the workforce. We we are entering into a new time in our history where there are going to be the category of, quote, those who choose not to work. They don't require a lot. They'll take whatever they can get. Maybe they get a job that pays money under the table, pays cash on the side. Maybe they do illegal activity. But we're going to have more and more of that. But a big problem is going to be for those that do have to work, those that do do the working and pay the bills and pay the taxes, who say, hey, wait a minute, I, I don't like this. And if you're a business right now, I mean, businesses are struggling because they don't have enough workers. Businesses, uh, Some businesses can't stay open as long as they want to because they don't have the workers. Services, a lot of places, terrible. But uh, 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 as, much, as much as it's bad now, you watch there will be a push to keep this going through the fall. And everything seems to be, this is becoming like the whoever's the loudest and the people that are making a lot of noise that, you know, low-income housing and I don't want to have to work and, and I don't want a lot, but just there's nothing healthy about it. Um, they're going to now just fall into the system. You're going to have people, if you start to hit age 30, 35 40 you're going to get people and they've never had a full-time job i mean are they really useful to an employer if you get people in their 20s who are saying you know what i'm just going to take the summer off the government's going to pay me the state's going to pay me blah 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 you're going to get more of that i don't think it's good i don't think it's positive it's certainly not productive it doesn't help the economy but these are this is not going on everywhere other states are saying you you we're not going to do it that way you know here in rhode island a lot of the blue states they're saying we're going to go along with those principles other states are not playing that they're not doing that and and they're going to be better run states uh that's where companies are going to want to be that's where you're going to have more ambitious workers let's face it you're going to get more and more people that are either drug dependent certainly government dependent and they just want to lounge around I don't want to work. I choose not to work. The more that this happens, it's going to be tougher for everyone. All right, we have a great show ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. 
Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. It's spring and time to call J. Cannell Engineering today at 401-351-7600. J. Cannell Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon it'll be warm. It'll be hot. Why not have central air for your home? Call J. Cannell Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Remember, with JKL, estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial, in the wintertime. JKL, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer. Call JKL Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. For 54 years, JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL. They do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved National Grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL for system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering today for Light for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401 351 7600. 401 351 7600. It's JKL Engineering. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor for AnchorRising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off with a word that came out. It was uh, actually broken by the Boston Globe that the state Senate, they're poised, I believe, in the judiciary to hear They're calling it driving privileges for people that are in the state, in the country, illegally. And they seem to point out Frank Chacon, big labor organizer, he's one of the people behind it. And um, and they believe that it will pass through the House. And Governor McKee is on record saying that he would sign something like that if, in fact, it went through the legislature. He wasn't going to just do uh, executive action. So. I'd like to start off and uh, get some of your thoughts on it. I don't think it should be ignored that you have, uh, you know, the, it's, it's. I think a lot of the union people that obviously would, that they kind of view this as a chance to get new members into their unions, more, you know, due paying members. But let's start off with the fact that it didn't get a lot of play, but it certainly would be historic that in Rhode Island, if, uh, if illegals, whatever people want to call them, undocumented illegals, but that, they would be receiving quote driving privileges. It's a strange, strange dynamic. I, the um, the bill actually goes kind of farther. I'm, I'm sympathetic and have been to some extent to the idea that if people are here 
whatever the case, let's make things as safe to have them on the road as possible, that kind of thing. It's a, it's a, there's a reasonable argument to be made there, but things in this bill go much farther. So for example, it, it really, it forbids, it not only forbids the DMV from giving any information to other government agencies that are investigating immigration laws, but it, it requires the DMV to warn the person that another agency was asking. So if the, uh, if ICE were to come to Rhode Island and say, we're looking for this, this criminal illegal alien, um, do you have any records on that person? The DMV has to essentially say no comment and then go tell that person, hey, ICE is looking for you. And that, that really starts to go from beyond accommodating people who happen to be here dealing with a problem that the, national, the federal government isn't dealing with adequately um, and making it into almost, we don't, we don't, we're not really part of the United States for this issue. People can come here and we'll treat them differently than, than our, our national government has, has said we should and, and that we've agreed to as part of the United States. And that, that's what really starts to, to get to me. Uh, the, yeah, Frank Chacon actually said he's been watching, he used to oppose this, but he's been watching his neighborhood fill up with more and more Latino people. And that makes me wonder why we still have this idea that people who are here legally or our citizens have some kind of affinity for people who are not. I, I think we're, we're kind of, I don't know, that may be one of the blind spots on the left uh, as we see more and more, uh, more and more people from all nationalities assimilate to the United States for the opportunities we have here. Uh, that, that attitude might change politically, unless of course the, the big, looming question in the background is, is this also a path toward voting for folks who are here illegally? And that right. would change things dramatically. Are you, um, what do you make of the fact that this word hit uh, very late night Thursday, but then Friday, and unless you've seen something, I haven't seen one press release or any statement from from anyone that would uh, would be against this. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's... Um... There, there used to be uh, Rhode Islanders for Immigration Law Enforcement. They're still out there. Uh, Terry Gorman, um, they, he, that all, a lot of, I mean, it, it, that's a good, that issue is a good indication of, of the problem we have in Rhode Island. There's all the incentives, the financial incentives, <coughs> the business incentives are for yeah. the people advocating progressive causes. The incentives on the other side, it really depends on whether you have a citizen or small group of citizens who, who take an interest in an issue and are willing to advocate for it. But it, it really shows how things are structurally so in favor of the left around here. It's just, it's hard to get people together for these kind of things, especially during COVID. And then you have yes. the progressive, um, progressive strategies, which we saw before pre-COVID, where there would be a bill like this. Uh, Ryle would get together, go to the state house with a bunch of people, and then progressives would show up in clown costumes to mock yes, them. And, I and, was and so, yes. Yeah. So it's, I mean, uh. that's, that's all t points to kind of the direction that progressive politics are taking us it's not it's all about special interests versus general interests there's no incentive to push back like individual incentives as in i will get money from my job for advocating this particular thing and then when you try to try to state your point of view you're disrespected not only by uh, activists mocking you the news right. media the the power base of the state it's very very difficult to push back on that thing this kind of thing so i i think immigration issues are going to be are definitely going to be part of the package of, of horrible innovations we have in Rhode Island as progressives kind of realize that they've they've captured the state. I did speak with Terry Gorman of Ryle, but aside from that, do you think, Justin Katz, is this an issue the Rhode Island Republican Party should beef up and make some noise about? Well, I think, from my perspective, I think the, the Rhode Island Republican Party ought to be focusing a lot of energy on minority groups, not trying to woo them with, uh, we're, we're going to out progressive the progressives, but going there, interacting with people, understanding what they really believe and, and starting to, starting to kind of show commonality with them. I mean, minorities support things like school choice. Then, so I, on this particular issue, I'm not, I don't know. Uh, minorities also support, you know, more, more law enforcement, not defunding police, that kind of thing. On this particular issue, I haven't seen the, any data one way or another on whether you know, the minority communities 
actually oppose are actually starting to think of themselves more as Americans, legal Americans, not associating with illegal immigrants. Uh, that would be, I think that the party ought to definitely explore that as part of a larger effort to, to really show commonality of conservative values uh, with, with groups that have traditionally just voted party line Democrat. How do you think finally um, this issue of giving driving privileges to illegals? Now I think it's a danger I think Rhode Island becomes a magnet. If you're anywhere in New England, uh, if you can get a license, I think it does lead to voting. But how do you think this would stand if it was put on the ballot? I, you know, I, I not long ago, I would have said it would go down. Uh, I These days, I just don't know, <laughs> partly because I, I, I'm, I'm not sure where the, the political center is, and I don't trust our electoral system all that much mm, right now. Um, so mm. I, I'm I'm not really sure where where it would fall on air, but I, I agree it, it is it is a magnet kind of policy. I mean, as the provision I just I mentioned a few minutes ago, if you are in the country illegally, the idea not only that you would not only that you would get could get a driver's license in Rhode Island, but also that the state government is required to warn you if they get wind that yes, the immigration officials are looking for you. Uh, that I mean, that's a pretty pretty big draw, and so you'll get people coming here. And the idea of one of the problems with it, especially, is that it's not extremely secure. I mean, if no. I if are, are we going to believe people at the DMV are going to be able to judge the legitimacy of a foreign birth certificate, for example? And then there are every every other provision other than trying to prove your age and your identity, residence and all that. The DMV can just make things up. The law gives some some ID types of ID, but then it all it says that the DMV through regulation can decide to take pretty much anything they want. So it, it really becomes a question of, of security and people being able to come here make up a birth certificate, get some phony documents and boom, you've got a driver's license and you're legitimate in the state, maybe even changing your, your identification uh, off the off the books. It really starts to become a dangerous, dangerous draw. And so you've got people who are here illegally with possibly false do- documentation and maybe they're working, maybe they're not, maybe they're working off the books and still collecting welfare agency, uh, welfare checks and that kind of thing. They're utilizing our resources, our schools. Uh, it, it really does become a, a problem for a state that doesn't, Huge. we're not. Exactly, they're a burden. These yeah. people that are coming, I'm against it. They're, they're the poorest of the poor and, and they're in tremendous need of social services. And regardless of what these people try to claim, they do not pay taxes. They don't file state, state taxes. They don't pay federal taxes. They pay sales tax if they buy something. But no, it's a huge drain on our system. Uh, I I am against it. I I still think it would fail, to be honest with you. I do. I think if this okay. were put on the ballot, I think it goes down somewhere around 70, 30, maybe 65, 45, somewhere there. But I still think when you, you have two different states, you have all the progressives that pile in and they march around in Providence. But then when you get outside of there, uh, I, I think it's, it's a different state. Cranston, Warwick, I don't think that crowd. I don't think they support a lot lot of things that are going on in Providence. Folks, we're going to take a a quick break. A lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor at Ocean State. OceanStateCurrent.com. Excuse me. um, Managing editor for Anchor Rising. I apologize. Right here on the John DePietro Show. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com For all your tree needs call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln it's Yankee Tree Service call them today for a free quote 401-439-6028 Yankee Tree Service 401 401- 439-6028 fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist yankee tree service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning 
land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, the uh, House of Representatives announced new budget, $13 billion. I remember when it was getting close to being $10 billion. Uh, in Governor McKee's budget that he put forth in March, it was going to be $11 billion. The state of New Hampshire, which is actually a, a uh, geographically a larger state than Rhode Island, their budget is $6.5 billion, $13 billion budget for Rhode Island. I think one of the dangers is they, they say, well, there's a lot of federal money, but you and I have seen in the past where if something starts with a federal program, then when they get cut or they lose it, they say, oh, we, we can't end it. We have to keep it going. All these people now depend on it. And then, you know, suddenly it works its way into the state budget. But I, I think this is so completely out of control, a $13 billion budget. Yeah, it's it's eye popping. It was we were pushing ten. It was only I mean, we all remember it because it was only a couple of years ago. It's not as if you know this is we're talking twenty years. Twenty years ago, it was something like five or thereabouts. I mean, it is it is well out of proportion. And you're exactly right. The often the goal is to get the program started, build that constituency that will demand that, and then find ways to impose the costs on everybody. And this is why we end up with poor services, because money is redirected toward things that aren't basic government services. So I, I, I agree. I think, I mean, we did see with the Obama stimulus, the overall budget, federal and, and state money combined, did go down slightly after the bonus stimulus, but not the full amount. So I, I think that's what we can expect. The new normal above, you know, above 10, certainly, but probably closer to 11 or $12 billion made up of, of local money. And that's, it's just an increasing drain. And it, uh, there's no, there's no justification for it, particularly given the poor quality of our services. The General Assembly is coming, um, <clears throat> wrapping up and coming to the end of this session. And Justin, I, I don't know about you. I mean, the, the, some of the biggest problems, the biggest problem right now is the worker shortage. They, they're not addressing that. They seem to be doing knee-jerk reaction on gun legislation. Um, you know, everything hasn't come to a close yet. But one of the, I think, more controversial things that happened during the General Assembly or that we learned about was just the fact that, you know, the part that in Warwick that they slid in that line that no one was paying attention to, which allowed uh, with overtime, the firefighters be able to count vacation time and sick time towards then getting overtime. And that that is a direct result of something that happened up at the state house. It was put into action in January of 2019, and then no one seemed to know about it. And And I don't hear any talk about that, but am I missing something? Or can you point to some success or something big that has happened regarding this session? <laughs> no, no successes. It's, it's really had a feel. I, I mean, I mean, I, I may not be representative here, but it almost feels like uh, a time when you're the average person is kind of cutting their losses with COVID and all that, and the, the kind of the disorienting surge of progressivism at the state house on on a multitude of issues. It's almost like let's just get this session over with, and then we'll try to pick up the pieces afterwards. And I think there there are probably lots and lots of those provisions, like you just mentioned, um, that that are being slipped into law or will be as the final days of the general assembly are, are passed. Uh, and then we we all just kind of have to. It's almost like ending the passing the legislative session to see what it did. Uh, I think we're going to have that feeling for, for a number of years as we unpack what they're doing. And I, I think they're under the radar on purpose. I mean, I know at local levels where they're still having meetings by zoom and that kind of thing, they, the 
the people in government love it because it's very hard to keep con keep track of things. It's very hard to push back on anything. And so I, I think there's probably lots and lots under the, the radar, like the like the illegal immigrant IDs we were just talking about, yeah. driver's licenses. I mean, that's something that would have been big news for the entire session. I mean, it's, it wasn't, I it's, it's bill number isn't, you know, yesterday. It's not a brand new bill, but nobody caught it because there's, there's a lot going on and it's very hard to keep track. And so that there's, a, there's a lot of danger out there right now. That is another example also where as much as, you know, people who say Mattiello was the firewall against progressives, boy, more and more, he is, he is proving that the case because do you get the sense, Justin Katz? And again, folks, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, the progressives not only seem to be rolling, but gearing up for, you know, they want to take over a place like the Providence City Council. And they're really starting to gear up for the rep races. And I think, again, uh, I don't know. I don't think people are fully aware of just how much they are very close to making huge gains at the state house. Yes, uh, at the state house, and as you said, at every at every level of government. I mean, there yeah. was just recently, and and not only government but all government satellites. Just the past couple of days on the on the blog we've been talked about recently, uh, legal insurrection. Yeah, they've been they've been following critical race theory and such in Rhode Island, and they have a post up just a couple of days ago about uh, how this superintendents association has been actually lobbying to change access to public records laws in order to yep. make it harder for parents to get information about what's going on with left-wing indoctrination in the schools so that that points to how it's it's not just your representatives it's not you're just your city council people the entire state government and all of the you know satellites that that go around and make their living like leeches off of it they're all gearing up in the same direction and that's that's going to require a, a lot of pushback from people who are who are really just trying to live their lives and aren't particularly organized because they they have no reason to be uh, and i think we're, that's a one of the dangerous markers of the next couple of years and it also the way they um dismiss them as they, they're saying it's kind of like the fox news newsmax crowd that seems to be requesting this information about critical race theory uh that that to me justin is an example that you know, it's the expression, you know, you're not paranoid if there are people against you. They are singling out a group. They're labeling them. And basically, if you have questions about it, this is another bullying tactic. But if you have questions about it, they're now putting you in the category of you're part of that, you know, uh, conservative, far right wing. Uh, you're part of a racist group and you're part of the Fox News group that that wants to get access to this, these public documents. Yeah, and it's it's a huge trap if you think about it. I mean, yeah. so the, they they make it so that if you you're part of this group, you get your information from these sources. But if you but the, those sources are the only ones telling you anything about this. I mean, those sources are the ones that let you know that the people who advocate for critical race theory are out there saying things like white people are psychotic, or um, it's very hard to teach critical race theory and not get angry at white people. I mean, that, those are the sorts of things they're saying. To find that out, you don't find that out in the mainstream news media, which which is still playing this off as, you know, sort of like they called the January, they all, all once decided January 6th was an insurrection. This, they've all decided, is just teaching a the truth about American ra racial tensions. I mean, that's how they're characterizing it. So that's what you see in the mainstream news media. If you go outside the mainstream news media to find out more information, if you can, who knows Facebook and Twitter and all, YouTube block that stuff, I'm sure. But um, if you go outside the mainstream news media, suddenly just by doing that, you're proving that you're a wacko who doesn't deserve your rights to transparency from government. That's the way they're, that's the attack. And it goes, in, in my view, right up to, uh, Biden's reinvigoration of the old Obama uh, attempt to make basically conservatism and traditional values a marker of terrorism. And the, the greatest threat to our country right now is is kind of conservative terrorism. That's all part and parcel of, of this sort of ideological takeover that we're seeing. And unfortunately, Rhode Island's kind of leading edge on that. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I saw my old colleague, Arlene Violet, even wrote a piece for the East Bay Papers where uh, she was saying, oh, critical race theory, it's important to be in the schools and teach kids about the you know, real aspect of slavery and the, what happened with the Tulsa massacre. But that, that seems to be a, a, a talking point and that's missing 
what a lot of the parents have pointed out is they get the kids young and they teach this group, you're the oppressors, this group, you're the oppressed. Everything comes down to gender and color of skin. But again, to me, a talking point is only racists don't want to talk about racial justice and critical race theory. And what's wrong with teaching, you know, history of black history and what happened with slavery? That's that's talking points. That's missing to me the real nature and why people are are fighting this because it's acute. It's it's confusing to children. And why do you want to take children and right at the age of five and six, make it all about gender and skin color? Yeah, I mean, well, one of the, the fact that this is coming out of universities and, and critical theories uh, at the, in higher education just shows they're they're very clever. They've spent decades on the left using the resources of these institutions to come up with ways to frame things that make it very difficult to to push back on. A good example to me is is Juneteenth, uh, which you know I I was going around town for local budget related things in Tiverton, talking to people this week and. I heard more about, I think, than budget matters. People were more interested in, in critical race theory and that sort of thing. And the, on Juneteenth in particular, nobody I've talked to anywhere has any objection to celebrating emancipation. It's a wonderful thing. It was, it's good that it, it occurred. Again, folks, we speak, Victory Go ahead, Justin. we speak with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Go right ahead, Justin. So, but the, what I was saying was, it what everybody's kind of uncomfortable with is this idea that it's called Juneteenth because yes, what does it mean? So we're, we're the we're talking about it, but what we're doing is we're twisting it, we're spinning it, so we're not talking about emancipation. That's not the headline. The date is, and not even a particular date, but kind of a range, Juneteenth something. It really takes the focus off of the real history, what occurred, and puts it on this idea that it just kind of happened. There was slavery and white people did it. That's the kind of careful spin that is perpetuating this. And it, it becomes a big, it's right along with that trap of if you get your news from any un, unapproved source, you're a wacko. That's, I think that's what people are picking up on. It's going to be very difficult to push back on. Folks, another quick break, a lot more. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Spring is here. Time to contact Bethel Certified Softwash. You can text Jared a free estimate at 401 617 2585 Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftwashing.com. Outside your home, let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that, that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Softwash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway. It's Bethel Certified Softwash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585, 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftwashing.com. Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly? Or maybe you have problems with it. I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096. Easy to remember. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions, whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator or your stove or oven or microwave, any appliance. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401 710 
7096. I was having a problem with our, our clothes dryer. What would happen? It wouldn't turn on. No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. He fixed that in about five minutes. Then the oven wouldn't heat up. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed the, he fixed the, the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Come on, call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, joining us right now, he is the editor-in-chief of Breitbart, and it's Alex Marlowe. Alex, it's John DePietro, and uh, congratulations. Really a pleasure to speak with you. What a um, Breitbart. You guys are just absolutely thriving right now. I really appreciate that, John. Thanks so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, if you could touch on, uh, you know, one of the things that I always notice about Breitbart and when I read and hear from others is just it's the selection of stories uh, without question. Breitbart, you cover stories and cover news that so many times, you know, people hear about the mainstream media, but I think Breitbart is a perfect example. You truly have your own brand. Yeah, that is what we are all about. And it is a news brand more than anything else. And we have analysis and we have fun. Um, but the, the main goal when I wake up in the morning and I'm trying to uh, figure out what we're going to do that day, it, it is about curating the very best stories for it to, I try to understand how a conservative American, typically those that are nationalist and populist in, in ideology, what they might view as the biggest stories going on in America and, and not trying to sensationalize or exaggerate those. Again, sometimes we'll do, we will take certain liberties just for the sake of entertainment value. Uh, but it is about crafting uh, honest-to-goodness news that fits a worldview that is shared by so many millions, tens of millions of Americans. For instance, you know, Breitbart, um, I mean, you could obviously name examples, but I just think some of the coverage and exposing, for instance, just as an example, Black Lives Matter, Breitbart has gone so much more in-depth than mainstream media has as far as BLM, uh, the background on it, some of the people involved with it, uh, far more type that you won't find anywhere else. Yeah, I think that's correct, and um, I, I just finished a book which just came out called Breaking the News, which people can get uh, wherever there's their favorite uh, uh, bookseller. And I had a big investigation into Black Lives Matter, and uh, I found some connections actually to radical Marxists and even a convicted terrorist. Uh, and this was someone who actually got to work to get funded through Amazon. Amazon funded a group with the donations when they had a woke moment when they were trying to get people to fund Black Lives Matter uh, through their company. Uh, they actually funded a group that one of the top people there uh, is a lady named Susan Rosenberg. The group's called Thousand Currents. She's a convicted left-wing terrorist. And uh, this was a huge oversight that takes place, but people don't realize that this is uh, who is behind Black Lives Matter. It, it's a, uh, most people can't even name a single Black Lives Matter activist. And some of them are probably well-meaning, but uh, many of them are just dyed-in-the-wool, lifelong career leftist activists, including those who are willing to be violent in order to uh, get their mission accomplished. Alex, in your book, Breaking the News, um, do you feel, I mean, a lot of people are saying it, but it, am I right? I think the Trump presidency, as much as there have been other examples in the past, but I think the Trump presidency seemingly really... Anyone that was remotely trying to be unbiased, to hide that they were biased, um, it brought them kind of out of the shadows. W would you agree the Trump presidency was was really a turning point for the media? Yeah, it was a turning point for the media. And this is exactly the premise that I was investigating in my year of research that I spent putting the book together. It started with a hypothesis uh, that the media had just gotten immeasurably worse. 
uh, during the Trump years, and uh, the, not to the point where it was just merely biased, uh, that now the media was actually weaponized against Donald Trump and his supporters. Uh, that was the premise that I investigated, and unfortunately, things were far worse than I had in mind. And it isn't just that these outlets are pushing a left-wing agenda, but they're actually trying to destroy people who disagree with them politically. Uh, And they're making a lot of editorial decisions in order to benefit international uh, conglomerates that are running so many of our newsrooms and trying to protect their overseas business, even in places like China, which is our number one uh, geopolitical foe. Uh, But yes, a lot of people are completely exposed now who used to be the type of people who might be maybe a little liberal, but in general wanted to report the news accurately. And now so many of these people have been exposed as pure partisan hacks. Um, and I, I do think that that is a, 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 a benefit of Trump's presidency is getting that level of clarity. Folks, again, uh, it's the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with the editor-in-chief of Breitbart News. It's Alex Marlowe, who, uh, who, I mean, I know from following everything you've done with the site, and also you, you were and forever will be, you were the first employee hired by Andrew Breitbart. Um, what, what an incredible training that must have been of, starting to learn and kind of see the world or someone like like Andrew Breitbart who I, I think was just a visionary and, and and him explaining how he viewed the world compared to the rest of the media yeah it is something that was the, the, the one of the most fortunate elements of my whole entire life was getting to know Andrew and getting to be in the same room with him uh, while he was launching his media empire. And I started at the very bottom of the totem pole at Breitbart, and uh, I was able to work my way up um, uh, over the years. But one of the benefits for me, Andrew, that's most obvious in my life, is he taught me how to write uh, great headlines, which has been instrumental to Breitbart's front page and the success we've had. Uh, but also he taught me a lot about attitude and a lot about a way to ways to effectively communicate. And it's not always being angry and self-righteous. A lot of the time it's using mockery and ridicule. A lot of the time it's using jocularity, trying to have a good time while you're reporting the news and even while you're fighting people who wish to do you harm and I think wish to hurt the country. So he it really keeps your he, – he kept things – he kept your toolkit sharp. Uh, and that was one thing that he – uh, got some part uh, to me that I've been able to share with a lot of people over the years. And Andrew, when when you did write the book, Breaking the News, Exposing the Establishment Media's Hidden Deals in Secret Corruption, um, wh- where do you put the ho- the whole thing with Hunter Biden? It, it's still, uh, well, how, how did that, how do you think that evolved into that? And is that right now one of the strong, strongest examples of how, I mean, people hear about a double standard, but Boy, Hunter Biden really seems to be in a, in a separate class by himself. Yeah, there, there's no doubt that the Hunter Biden example is very illustrative of just about all of the problems that I identified in the book. I, they, they, can, they all seem to come through with the Hunter Biden narrative, from double standards uh, with regards to corruption to uh, the fact that international business deals and compromising Americans and American values to benefit the bottom line of Democrats. All of this you can see through Hunter, but the most important thing is the tech censorship that took place around accurate stories about Hunter Biden in the run-up to the election. Uh, When his laptop um, contents were leaked, it was framed as Russian disinformation by our media and tech establishment, and a lot of content was blocked from being shared on Facebook and on Twitter and elsewhere because it was allegedly Russian disinformation. Well, it was neither Russian nor disinformation, uh, but the damage was done because the content wasn't shared. Now, think about the way Donald Trump's family was uh, was treated. And regardless of what you might think of all Trump's kids, and I think some of them are great, I think there are others that I'm probably less aligned with on certain things, uh, but they were all attacked constantly. In the, in the, and they all seem to be pretty much upstanding, law-abiding citizens. Hunter Biden is none of those things. He's a, he's a disgrace in so many ways. And he was using his family connections and his connection to the United States government to fly around the world and cut deals he should never have been able to cut in places like China and Ukraine. And the media took no interest in this. In my research for the book, um, I uncovered that Hunter 
had taken 23 flights out of Joint Base Andrews, which you can't just, John, you and I can't just go to Joint Base Andrews and take a flight. No. Uh, we got to know someone in, in the government or the bureaucracy if we want to do that. And uh, who do you think Hunter Biden knows? Well, I'll, I'll tell you one guy. He knows dad, Joe Biden, who's vice president. Uh, and so I looked at a five-year window, 23 flights, and on those trips he went to 29 countries and took 411 total connections. It's an amazing number of flights, and it's all to benefit his business. And I, you can bet he was talking to Joe about it every step of the way. The media didn't just not uncover the story. They have no interest in it because it will hurt their political goals of getting Democrats elected and protecting these international business ties. I've um, and again, folks, we're speaking with Alex Marlowe, editor in chief of Breitbart. Alex, I've covered a lot of different political corruption trials, and I'm always intrigued by certain stories. You had the mayor of Baltimore who was using her unpublished book, uh, excuse me, self-published book, in order to, and then selling you know thousands of copies. You go way back. Uh, I remember hearing stories of Kevin White was the the mayor of Boston, and in, in, uh, he was under investigation by the FBI. And then they had a birthday party for his wife, and uh, and contractors were giving like $10,000 in birthday cards. But whoever came up with, whether it was Hunter or someone in his inner circle, whoever came up with the idea of we're, gonna, uh, not, we're not going to re- reveal who bought it, but we're going to sell artwork for $500,000, that's something that the notorious you know, Mayor of Providence, Buddy Cianci, who went to federal prison on corruption charges, I think even they would be astounded at just the, the, the that is a criminal mind at work. Oh, there's no doubt he's got a criminal mind. And and I don't know uh, if we uncovered anything that's, that's literally a crime, but he he does think he can get away with anything. Yeah. Um, and and he, that's how he lived. And there's no reason he shouldn't live that way because that is he has gotten away with everything. Right. But you're totally right about this, that him selling his watercolors, which aren't worth the paper they're printed on, <laughs> uh, for seventy five to $500,000, of course, the, and, and to anonymous people, of course these are going to be overseas buyers <laughs> who will never know about, who are going to just want to pad the coffers. I'll tell you, uh, but by the way, uh, Hunter and I have the same publisher. We're on different imprints within the publisher, Simon & Schuster. And uh, they, they've, been, they've been pretty good to me, I must say. But, you know, Hunter got orders of magnitude uh, larger of, of an advance uh, for his book that just came out. And he sold a fraction of the copies. And, I, and, and that's just how it goes. And, again, I'm not complaining on my own behalf. I'm just saying that this is the way that America works right now, and it's not a good thing, where the super elite continue to get favorable deals and do seem to have uh, two systems of law where they get away with stuff. You become too big to fail in America and too big to jail. And I, I don't think that's a good thing. Folks, again, we're speaking with Alex Marlowe, editor-in-chief of Breitbart. And Alex, before I let you go, I'm just curious if, if you could walk through all the different components of Breitbart. Because to me, Breitbart, you know, you guys have, with all the different uh, platforms now, I, I just find you seem to excel. It seems to extend the brand. I remember right before the pandemic, I was in an airport, and I saw someone wearing some of your merchandise. And I went over just and they 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 had been given to the him this guy as a gift and he was like I just like the way it looks but it is uh it's incredible how the Breitbart how the the brand just continues to evolve. Thank you. Yeah, and we're always try to be nimble and we always try to go where the people are, but also lead the people in terms of what we're covering and how we're covering it. Um, and it, it, the essence of what we're always doing is trying to provide news and trying to provide uh, the, the factual basis for arguments that you and people like you and talk radio and people like your listeners can take to your barbecues and your cookouts. You know, it's Father's Day. You guys are going to get together with family. And if you go to Breitbart today, I guarantee you you're going to come up with numerous either interesting things to talk about or arguments uh, that you can share with people who trust you. Uh, That's always been our bread and butter, and we're trying to entertain you in the process also to keep it fun and to stay in the fight because there's a lot of people who really are trying to rewrite the history of this country right now and to fight against America's core values. Uh, and, and we don't want those people to have safe harbor. I mean, they, physically they can have safe harbor, but I'm not talking about uh, ideologically. We're in a battlefield every day, and uh, we try to approach it as happy warriors. He is the editor-in-chief of Breitbart, uh, Alex Marlowe. His book is Breaking the News. Mega Logistics. 
they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. MEGA Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have uh, links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top, it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in a library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at DePietro.com. can breathe clearly now my mask is gone nothing but a big smile for all to see gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear my lungs will be full 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 of beautiful air my lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full. 